You're listening to OEA Grow, a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members for members. In Season 7, members discuss special education with Venus Reeve. Welcome back to OEA Grow Season 7. I'm your host, Venus Reeve, and this season we are exploring special education. In today's episode, we are speaking with Tennille Weatherall, Assistant Superintendent of the Office of Enhancing Student Opportunities from the Oregon Department of Education. It, it feels really supportive to hear all of this that's going into making it workable and doable for practitioners and families. It's not just one more thing to do. It's this is going to be different and here's how, and this is where we're going to help you. And you're not out there on your own. Even if you're the only special ed teacher for your district, we've got you covered. You can get in contact with us. We will get in contact with you. You are not alone in this, which is is so huge because sometimes it doesn't definitely feels like, oh, it's all up to me. And it's not. We're a team. But to have, you know, ODE's got our back on this, that feels really powerful. I'm glad. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to lean into one that I know has been um, a little... Ooh, nerve wracking in, in as we think about what's going to happen with abbreviated school day. Can you please share with us what it is important for us to know about abbreviated school day, teachers, special ed teachers, uh, school psychologists, all of us, we're all involved. What do we need to know about that and what's changing? Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, an abbreviated school day program is established by ORS 343-161, and I'll make sure that I get you that link um, with this podcast as well. Awesome. And it means any school day during which a student receives instruction or education services for fewer hours than other students who are in the same grade within the same school for more than 10 days per school year. Okay. We know we know that uh, IEP teams are making important decisions about their students and what their student services look like. Abbreviated school day programs should be used really rarely and only when no full full school day placement within a school district's continuum of alternative placements can meet the student's individual needs. Mm. So in general, a school day for a student who experiences disabilities shouldn't be the same length as for students who don't experience disability. And I think that's how we approach school as special educators. We're always looking at the least restrictive environment first. And a disability should not typically result in a student receiving a longer or a shorter day. So really making sure that we're individualizing, that we don't have a theme or a trend of a a, a disability category or a type of student's experience while they're at school that is limiting uh, their school day. We need to make sure that our systems are very specialized to the individual student's needs and centered on that least restrictive environment and the full school day. However, a student's IEP team may determine that a student needs a longer or shorter school day in order to receive FAPE due to those unique needs that arise from the nature of their disability. So in those cases, appropriate modifications should be incorporated into the IEP by the student's IEP team to ensure that the student continues to receive FAPE. And any modifications to the length of the school day must be based on those unique needs and under those conditions identified in 343-161. 
placement on that abbreviated day must conform to least restrictive environment. So what's really critical is that you're making sure that you're following 343-161 and all of the very specific requirements that are required for when an IEP team makes a decision to utilize an abbreviated school day. So you're looking at your step up plans. You're looking towards what modifications and accommodations that you're putting in place. And you're really pushing your system as hard as you possibly can within the context of the school and the student, um, focusing on the student's full day, full access to make sure that they have um, access to school and really making sure that you're, you're checking yourself around that unique child, unique circumstance, unique child's um, individual needs um, in your, as you make your decisions. I think right now we all have heard that Senate Bill 819, which if passed, will make changes to the current rules and the requirements. Mm -hmm. At this moment, uh, we don't have a lot of information okay. about uh, what might happen because it is currently sitting in the house and um, they are working through the law. So it's gonna be real, or the potential law. So it is gonna be really important for educators to stay abreast of the legislation and if passed, how it impacts their students. But I do wanna tell you that we will be approaching at the department 819, just like we approach, um, we're approaching those new changes to the, to the eligibility categories. Our goal will be to update the guidance, provide tools, make sure that there's plenty of training, make sure there's Q&A, make sure that we're available in order to ensure that everybody understands how to follow the rules of 819 as it merges in with ORS 343-161. I'll also make sure that I um, attach here the abbreviated school day programs consideration for IEP teams guidance document. It's really Excellent. helpful. It walks you through every single component of how to decision make around abbreviated day and to make sure that students aren't languishing on abbreviated days. We really need to make sure that we're looking at those, um, the, the different key learnings and specially design instruction and all the supports that are going into how we help a student access their full day. So if an IEP team makes the decision um, for, to put them on an abbreviated day, they're really investing and working on that plan, ensuring that there's continuous input to increase the likelihood that, that, that they can return to a full day as soon as possible. Um, as you were talking, one of the things that I realized is this is one of those components of special education and of, of education in general that are very rarely used in our in our day to day and week to week, which is which is perfect, right? We this isn't this isn't something perfect. that we just right, but also that means that we don't feel as fluent in how to do this. And so, um, again, hearing that ODE has got, got our backs and understands that this isn't something that we know very well and that we're going to need that guidance and that support and, and to have it proactive, you know, put it on the, on the front end, so to speak, is pretty exciting because this is a place for myself where even though I've done it a few times, I don't feel very comfortable in all of the components and making sure that I'm getting them all just so um, and I don't want to spend all my time on the paperwork. I want to spend my time getting that kid back into the school for the full day. But without the paperwork component being accurate and correct, I'm setting us up 
you know, for failure is somewhere. I'm, I'm not doing what needs to be done. And so um, hearing that that's going to be available and then just kind of following up with what, where can I find out more about those rules and obligations of the district and of myself um, when it comes to both abbreviated school day and the changes? Yeah, great question. Uh, the On our website uh, at the Department of Ed, if you type in abbreviated school day, an abbreviated school day webpage will come up okay. and we'll have the guidance documents, uh, information points, as uh, well as um, information translated into multiple um, uh, uh, languages. Okay. So if folks uh, need that, they can access that. It also has a link to ORS 343-161, which really spells out the, the different components of the rule. And the same uh, will go for our eligibility uh, work. It just passed on Thursday, so there's nothing up on the website yeah. yet, uh, but we'll start immediately on Monday to really start to, to navigate through uh, these documents and the preparation for uh, all of this work. And I did want to add for the abbreviated school day, just how important the whole IEP team is and how important meaningful participation for the family is. This is a significant impact uh, to families uh, when and if um, that a, a IEP team is contemplating an abbreviated day. And so we really wanna make sure that the conversation is really super meaningful as it always is in an IEP around um, what the families are thinking and what they know and how they um, contemplate and work connectively with the school district around um, the abbreviated days. They do happen um, rarely and they should happen less and less over time as we, um, continue to work with our students to ensure that they have the skills and abilities and they are safe, happy, and healthy and all the things that they do and that the IEP team has filled um, gaps um, in how they provide specially designed instruction. And then the students are just working their tails off to do the <laughs> things that they need to do as well um, every day at school. So we're really excited about um, how we can infuse and support the understanding of abbreviated day, uh, but also um, I know school teams are working really hard to support their students and working really hard in partnership with families in order to support their students as well. Um, I'm, I'm grinning. You can't hear, you can't see it out there, but I'm grinning because anytime someone acknowledges, especially from OD, gosh, we are all working so hard and it feels so good to, to get that acknowledgement. And it's, it's clear that you guys are putting a lot of work in at ODE as well with all of the supports that you've talked about and the, and the things that you're doing to really help promote what we need to do this well. Um, what are other ways that ODE supports special education teachers specifically? Yeah, you know, across the department, uh, there is definitely a lot of really awesome things happening. The department has Educator Advancement, Advancement Council. We mm -hmm. house the Student Success Act and the Student Investment Accounts. There's mm -hmm. lots of things happening um, at the Office of Teaching and Learning and Assessment. We have great things happening with equity diversity team as well, but I'll kind of hone in on my office, the Office of Enhancing Student Opportunities, because I know it best and it applies to you folks the best. Uh, we are really uh, trying to spend our time making sure that all of the, the different elements that we are um, all challenged by 
have guidance tools, have um, documentation so that folks can say, oh my gosh, tell me more about this, or I've forgotten how this goes. And they can go to our website and they can find something that um, gives them the answer. Uh, That's one of our key areas. We're also working at the infrastructure of support. We want to make sure that there's enough knowledgeable, highly technically savvy folks around IDEA services for you to call and get help. We want to be out in your spaces as much as we possibly can, too. We're happy to come and give presentations, to to sit alongside teams. I know some of the district support specialists were out doing evaluations um, for cyclical monitoring with teams this year because it got too tough and they didn't think they could get it all done. So we went out and uh, sat next to folks. Um, I know it doesn't always probably feel good to have ODE hanging around, but we we also want to be, like I named before, like really good relational people and also sharing and naming when the relational component transfers into the monitoring component. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like to be super transparent around here's what it looks like for me to provide technical assistance? And in these spaces, it looks like I'm monitoring and monitoring looks like this. And this is what it means so that everybody knows when we're showing up and how we're engaging, what the conversation should be. I think what feels kind of maybe unfair is at a department level, because we are tasked from the federal government to do certain things, is to both say, like, we can be friends and partners, but also feel like, hold on a second, you just told me something that was really hard. And I, we want to do both of those things, but I think in order to do them, we have to be really transparent and really good communicators, really thoughtful about how we say what we're doing and how we show up. So we're working really hard internally about what does it mean to do both of those things really well and also uh, increasing our own professional development around doing them. The other thing that we spend a lot of our time doing is working on legislative work groups. Mm. And so we're we're participating in some uh, legislative work groups around um, teacher shortage, for instance. Um, I'm working on getting a summit together this this, uh, spring with education, special education, higher ed training Mm -hmm. programs to say, tell me more about what it is that you need and here's what we're seeing and how can we partner together? What might it look like to increase the likelihood of uh, access to the community for uh, more special ed teachers? And then teacher standards and practices is going to come and they're going to say, hey, here's what's happening on our end and really kind of think through the system itself, see where barriers are, see if we can break down those barriers so we can increase that pipeline for special educators and get everybody out there some support. I know a lot of you are struggling through with just not enough staff and not enough um, uh, support at times because of the workforce challenge. And so we are trying at our level to figure out where those kind of pinch points are and how we might be able to address them. I think the last area that that we're really focused on right now is how we partner with other agencies. Mm. So I mentioned teacher standards and practices. I mentioned Educator Advancement Council, but also Oregon Health Authority. Mm. Um, What about the Department of Corrections? Uh, What about ODHS? And how do we, across the, the different agencies that provide service to our communities, our families, our students, solve for any barriers that might be um, existing and or work together 
to increase the likelihood of something being super successful that we're challenged by. So I spend a lot of time kind of connecting with those individuals and making sure that that um, the special education community's voice is heard, that often maybe something might be left out in terms of the area of special ed. Um, I'll infuse it back in or mention how it might impact the special education community by just showing up in these spaces um, and going to the meetings that I'm invited to to make sure that the special education community, the voice of educators and children who experience disabilities in their families is kind of at the forefront. So uh, that's really critical and important to my role as the assistant superintendent and to the department as we try to help um, our communities, our teachers change the landscape of education for its youth. Wow, that's so powerful. And there's so many components that I had never never considered. Um, I'm not quite sure what I thought ODE did and all of the wonderful things that you guys are responsible for, but partnership with other agencies, it's this wonderful um, overarching, we're going to, we're going to look at everywhere that our students are impacted and every agency that might be a resource or might be an impact might be connecting with our families and we can serve them better and we can serve our teachers better by having these connections and making sure we, you are representing us at the table um, and, and having those stakeholder voices in places I hadn't even considered. And so um, thank you because that's really exciting and um, and I, I feel like I've had kind of an epiphany here. I'm like, wow, I, I just had no idea the depth and the scope to which um, you and ODE work to get things going behind the scenes. And we see this one side, it's kind of the iceberg. You see this component, but there's all these other pieces that we don't really have privy to uh, until we until we have these wonderful interviews like this or we start digging in a little more. So I so appreciate um, you being here and sharing just, I know there's probably so much more that, that we haven't even touched on today, but I feel like we've gotten just kind of this wonderful little peek and now we can start on our own pulling back some of the curtains and, and, and calling out to OD and going, Hey, we would like to know about this, or I'm going to go check out your website, or I'm going to send you that email because you are there and you're accessible and supporting and want to be having that relational component that really makes it all work. Yeah, and thank you so much for inviting me because I'm so excited to have a partnership with OEA and a partnership with the special ed community inside OEA. I think uh, that we need to listen and hear from you as much as possible so that we can figure out how um, your voice can be infused in the work that we do. We need to engage with you on a regular basis when we're thinking about how things change, but we also need to hear pretty consistently from you about how things are going mm. so that when I'm in these other spaces or when we're contemplating something that I know um, what folks are saying around the state of Oregon about what they need and and how I might be able to, to connect a, a two pieces of information and maybe make some change uh, in places that I wouldn't have thought otherwise. So a good continuous connection from between us is going to be really important and exciting uh, as we work together to implement the state special education system, because I do think it's a partnership. Uh, the department yeah. is here to support you. We're here to to do the things that we need to do from the federal standpoint and also from the state standpoint. But you're the workers on the ground every single day doing all the hard work. And we have to 
make sure that we're listening and learning from what it is that you need. And then explaining why and how certain things exist. Because I, I remember when I was a teacher, I was like, why does it look like that? I don't, that's not something I like. I don't, I don't like it. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Do you, are you people listening? Are you thinking about what it means to be me in my classroom every single day? And it feels so far apart sometimes. And I think we have to just be really willing to be transparent about that. And when those items bubble up and we want to hear them being able and willing to say, Oh my gosh, we're hearing you. And here's the complicating factors. Here's the requirements. What does that mean to get closer to what it is that you're saying, given these requirements and that kind of uh, transparent um, and open collaborative conversation gets us closer together around meeting the needs that both of us have. And so that only happens when we're talking to each other. So really looking forward to continued partnership. Likewise, and I really appreciate you being here and I encourage all of us uh, who are listening and and paying attention to reach out to ODE and and go find those resources that Tanil has mentioned. There's so much there um, that I would be surprised if any of us other than someone who worked for ODE had a good understanding of all of the resources and the supports that Tanil is talking about that we can access and ways to have our voices heard. Um, that's so powerful. And I, I know for a lot of folks, not being heard is really uh, feels defeating. And, and what you're sharing with us right now is we want to hear you. We want that communication and we want to be heard with you as well, because these are all things that we get to work together on and having that transparency and that relational trust and knowing that we are doing this together really empowers us all to feel like we are making a difference and we are being proactive and making solutions with all of our energy and our hard work. Um, and so I'm going to encourage all of us and Tanil, you'll hear from me via email. I'm sure the next time I run up against abbreviated school day or any of these things or, Hey, this just happened. And um, I'm guessing you would love to hear some proactive things too. Like we use this cool form to da, 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 da. Here you go. Absolutely. It would be great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanil, for being here today. I encourage your lis our listeners to go out and look at ODE's website. We'll have some information for you in the program notes um, that Tanil spoke of. And have a lovely day. For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.